This is the Seven Figures Podcast Smart Money Strategies for Women with Sandy Waters. Seven Figures is sponsored by Family First Credit Union. When it comes to financial education, earning and learning go hand in hand. And Family First is here to help you and the greater Rochester community with both. All right. Thank you. Thank you for uh, checking out the podcast, spending some time with us again, learning a few things about finances that will make you feel more comfortable and confident about your financial future. So have you ever thought about buying a franchise, being a franchisee? Currently, one of every four new franchisees are women. And they are a rapidly growing segment of the franchise ownership. So is it a profitable endeavor? Is it something that you should think about? Today, we're going to learn more about it, the pros and cons, what you should consider before jumping in. We have John Adams here with us and Erica Davis, both from FranNet. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Okay, so before we get to the pros and cons and uh, what makes it a desirable endeavor for women, we want to learn more about you guys and about FranNet because a lot of people may not be familiar with that. What is FranNet, and then how did you guys get involved? Okay, so um, FranNet is a franchise consulting organization. Uh, we invented this industry. We've been doing this for 30 years, and uh, 32 years now, actually. And our thing is education. We like to educate our clients and help them understand the pros and cons of franchising. I mean, this this session fits perfectly with what we do. You know, we're, we, are, we are the Cadillac of the industry, and our thing is making sure we find the right fit for our clients uh, so they find a franchise that they will prosper in okay. and enjoy. And then being honest with what they need to know, and if, being if, a part of it. If somebody shouldn't do it, we tell them they shouldn't do it. Now, what got you to this point? Well, I've been in, I've been in Rochester since 1978. I had a variety of jobs in uh, banking, healthcare, software development. Um, I guess that pretty much covers it. Well, Tele- you really jumped around. Yeah. Okay. So... Uh, after a while, I just decided that I was tired of working for somebody else, and I was ready to do something on my own. I spent uh, about a year after my last assignment looking around for a business to buy. In the process, I stumbled across franchising as a possibility, and I met Ron Levecci, who owned the business before I did, uh, working out of Buffalo. He was looking for somebody to cover Rochester, and um, I'm very well networked in Rochester, so it seemed like a great fit, and I've been doing it for five years, and I absolutely love it. Is that why a lot of people do entertain this idea? Because like you said, they just didn't want to work for somebody else anymore. They wanted more control. That's, that's a really big reason. You know, one, one, of, um, one of my clients was a telecom executive. He'd been through four mergers and acquisitions, uh. always as the acquired. So his job was or moving, moving their clients from their previous systems to the new systems. Yeah. And it's just a nightmare job. And he decided that um, he wanted to explore other options. And uh, we put them in a business earlier this year. And at one point, there were the safe jobs, right? Like, oh, once you get into this line of work, then you're set. I don't mm-hmm. think that exists anymore. I think everybody is vulnerable to downsizing or mergers, right? Yeah. I've been laid off, I don't know, three or four times in my career. One time from Frontier in 2003. And I started a networking group called ABCPNG, which helps people find jobs. We've been doing that for 15 years. So that has let me be well-connected in the community. And I know a lot of people who are, when they get that notice, it's just like, it's a wake-up call. A lot of people, it's a wake-up call. For Kodak, people who are there 30 years, yeah. I met with somebody last week who you know, took a voluntary after 28 and a half years at Xerox because he just couldn't deal with the corporate culture anymore. Mm. And so um, you know, it, it can be a shock for people. 
And when they're in transition like that, that's really the time for them to explore. Yeah. Um, you know, I tell people, if, you, if you're willing to invest three or four hours with me, we can decide if franchising is something you want to do or not. And not just franchising, but business ownership in general. Franchising is one path, but there are other paths as well. Okay. Now, Erica, yeah. what led you to this point? So my, I think my story is a little bit different, right? I've been an entrepreneur for most of my career. Uh, so I've done it pretty much on my own, though. So franchising is a, is a very different thing um, with lots of pros to it versus starting up on your own. So um, I owned Creekside Books and Coffee in Skinny Atlas um, for 10 years. That was probably my biggest entrepreneurial stint so many lessons in that. It was a, it was a wonderful business um, for many reasons. Still miss my staff and my customers and everything, but certainly some major, major challenges too throughout the 10 years. So we can probably maybe talk about that a little bit more. Um, but um, I also just recently got my coaching certification, uh, my professional coaching uh, certification. And uh, I, my biggest passion is to assist other women entrepreneurs no matter what they're, what they're looking to do or what they're exploring to do or if they're in the midst of, of owning and running a business. So John and I met at a network meeting. I've been out there doing a lot of, lot of the same, and I, he was looking for a Syracuse Central New York uh, consultant uh, for FranNet, and we met a few times, and I just decided it was a great fit. The coaching and consulting, like John said, we're really in the business to educate um, and allow uh, our clients to discover what will work best for them. And I just love that sort of synergy that there is with the you know, the, the coaching and the consulting that I'm already doing, particularly with women. Now, you said that you this has been your life, right? Owning a business. Mostly. So you were, <laughs> quote, the born entrepreneur. Is that mm-hmm. a such thing? Can you develop that or is it something where you either have it or you don't? You either love it or you don't. Yeah, you know, you know, I think some people have that mm-hmm. in them sort of innately, um, certainly, but not all. You know, I, I think you had Eric Brotman on here. The I listened to that podcast um, and he, you know, he seems to be like one of those born entrepreneurs. And, and I think I probably am, too. Uh, but, you know, I think a lot of people aren't that. You know, that they discover that business ownership might be an opportunity for them later on in life because, like John was saying, you know, they're they're tired of the corporate rat race, you know, or maybe they've already they have thought about it, you know, uh, in their lifetime, but they didn't ever really think it might be an option for them. So I really think it can go both ways as far as um, somebody who might be interested in in pursuing business ownership. So let's talk about the pros, because I think a lot of us. I personally have thought about, hey, what would it be like to own a franchise? We could we could put you in a really nice sideline business for yourself. <laughs> Absolutely, it's the fear of not knowing, though. So, what are the pros? What is all the good stuff? Why do people entertain this idea and are very successful at it? We'll start with the good before we get to the ugly. Okay. <laughs> well, the good is the good really is um, being your own boss and yeah. being able to control your time. So, is it controlling your time or is it more time though? Because at the end of the day, when I'm done with work, I'm done with work. You know, if there's any fires to put out, oh, well, I don't own this company. But now when you are the owner. I'll admit, I'm never done with work. Yeah, I I work all the time. Uh, My kids are grown. They're all out of the house. My wife has her interests, and I have a lot of time available to work on the business. Do you see that more often, people who are um, later in their careers? And do you have the adult kids who, you know, they do have more free time? I guess you could say free yeah, time. We absolutely do see that. Okay. Um, we also have franchises that are designed to be run on a nine to five, Monday to Friday basis. Okay. If you're in a business to business, 
franchise, your office hours are when businesses are open. So nine to five, Monday to Friday. Are you going to spend some time on marketing on the weekends? Yeah, probably. But um, you know, we can we can find it's about the fit. It's finding the right franchise for somebody so that um, we meet their expectations. I don't mind working all the time. Uh, if you love what you do, I, I guess I that's what they what say, I right? <laughs> I do this voluntarily on Monday nights. I mean, it, I do. It's um, I love what I do. So, but I have people that want to be able to travel. I have people that want to be able to go away in the winter and not worry about their business. Uh, and it's just a matter of finding the right business for them. Okay. Now, what is the pros and cons? Because you lived it, Erica. What's the pros and cons of owning your own business where it's just you as opposed to a franchise where there is somebody else who's kind of dictating what you should do and what the model is? Right. Sure. You know, I think it's that proverbial, you know, you're not reinventing the wheel. Um, you know, the pros of owning a franchise uh, as opposed to just starting up on your own, you know, really it's that proven system. Um, that's already there in place. Certainly, you know, tons of assistance during opening and along the way, all kinds of support when it comes to the marketing, uh, HR, you know, piece of the business that, you know, a lot of business ownerships are going in without knowing any of it. You know, I mean, for instance, I was, I was a marketing director at one point in time when I wasn't being playing entrepreneur and, um, you know, but translating the marketing that went on in that business to a retail business, you know, it's just not the same. Wow. So, so with a franchise, um, they have those systems down. They know what works. They understand the marketing uh, strategies that work for that particular industry. Again, so it's really all about like not starting from scratch too. And if I, I wouldn't mind just tying in with what John said, actually uh, not so much tying in, but the, a little bit of a different um, way of thinking about things as far as whether or not we work harder as owners and in a franchise and that kind of thing. And, you know, one of the, one of my passions with working with women is because they do have different challenges that way. Sometimes women start to think about business ownership because they don't want to do the corporate nine to five. doesn't necessarily mean that they don't, they're not working hard, right? That piece of it, that nine to five may not work for them. And I also, I think that there's, you know, let's be realistic, right? Whether you're owning your own business with a franchise or without a franchise, in the beginning startup, yes, things might be, you know, you might be working longer hours and that kind of thing. But like John said, the learning curve. exactly you're trying to get in your routine of sure, being an sure, yeah. right. Lots of reasons why there would be more hours than usual. But I really do think that especially with some of the brand concepts that that we have that, you know, a, um, a, a mom, a, a woman could be looking at more flexible hours and more freedom uh, to, you know, for her family, for herself, for her children, and those kinds of things. So I think that's important to point out. So when someone comes into your office and says, okay, I'm entertaining the idea, I think this is what I want to do. How do you fit them with the right franchise? Because you said that's big in what you guys do. That's that's got to be at the core of everything. We're not, you know, we're not, we're local. So we work with people in this market. We know this market. I've, I've lived up, upstate New York my whole life. Uh, Erica went away for a little while and came back. Yep. And, they always uh, do, right? They always do. You try to leave Rochester, you'll come back. <laughs> for good reason, yeah. But what questions do you ask? Actually, it's kind of two steps. So okay. I like to meet with the people and just get to know them. I sit down across the table from them with a cup of coffee and we... I learn, I learn who they are. Then we also have, we use the thing called the personal franchise assessment, which okay. is a tool that we developed. We're the only ones that use it. And that gives us, it's a psychometric profile. It's, it's 
Myers-Briggs for, for franchising. Okay. Okay. So we don't get the same, same letters that Myers-Briggs gives you. We get things that are really focused on franchising. How willing are they to work with established processes that are already created and, and dictated? Or do, are they somebody that has to create processes themselves to be happy? You can tell that Eric and I are very different personality types. <laughs> and we, you know, we, we actually balance each other very well. You know, do they need something that is the latest and greatest? Or do they not care that it's a porta potty business? They just want to say, I'm in business, love being in business. Somebody who goes to the country club on Saturday night doesn't want to talk about a porta potty business. We're not going to put them in that. Okay. <laughs> so the, the PFA really does a lot for us in terms of helping us understand the individual. And that way we can, we can fine tune from our list of 175 franchises that we have contracts with. Are there things that we could be asking ourselves? To kind of determine that on our own, what style of franchise we like or what industry? Um, there are. I mean, we try to um, set expectations kind of realistically. Somebody who comes to us and says, you know, I really want to own a food business because I love going to restaurants. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't understand what it's like to run a restaurant because it's, it's hard work. We may start them down that path and let them discover it. Uh, one of the big advantages of franchising is they get to talk to existing franchisees as part of their due diligence to really okay. understand what the, what the business is about. They may even go and visit them and see what a day in the life is like. So they get the opportunity to do that um, and to really understand, you know, when does cash flow start? What did you have to do? Would you do it again? That's a benefit of being a part of a franchise Absolutely. is that they do have examples you can really yep. look at. And I encourage my clients to also look at the people who have failed in the business because okay. there are going to be failures. Not as many failures in a franchise as there are in a business started from scratch, but there are going to be failures. And I want to make sure that my people understand what happened to in those other businesses. Um, why did they fail? And frequently, almost all the time, we discover it's because they didn't follow the plan. They weren't uh, willing to work in the, weren't willing to follow the marketing plan that was laid out. They went rogue. They went rogue. Yeah. That that's usually the the reason it doesn't didn't work out. But by having them look at the successful people first and talk with them and really get to know them, they see very quickly what happens, what not to do in the business, what, what leads to failure. So the, the transparency of being able to research a franchise is really the big advantage, a big advantage of the franchise okay. model. I think it's important, too, to uh, make sure that everybody understands that the potential franchisee, the, our clients, our individual clients, um, go through this whole entire process with us without any cost to them. Uh, this is really about um, us being able to help them, but at the same time, help the franchisors that we are contracted with find qualified leads, right? So they oh, are. So it's the franchise owner that's paying the franchisors, for the right? The, ah. Yes, that end up paying FranNet referral fees once, uh, if, if that actually a deal is made. So, you know, a client can go through a very in depth process with us and find out, you know, that they don't want to. Run or that maybe they're not a good fit for a franchise, but they have better knowledge about you know their next steps um, in considering business ownership or not. Um, but I think it's important because you know that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't come that that kind of information and going through that doesn't happen uh, <laughs> without cost very often. So yeah, um, yeah, no, that's good that you brought that up because yeah. I was thinking that in the back of my mind and wondering how to ask you. Sure. How much- <laughs> there you go. I knew that you were thinking that. Yeah. I knew that a lot of people were we're thinking it. Yeah, we're talking the same language here. It's all about money. Um, Okay, so before we get to the reality of the cons and what you should consider, 
Uh, Conversations like this one are brought to you by Family First Credit Union from personal banking to business services and home loans. Their number one priority is finding a solution that works for you locally. We are talking about what it takes to buy into a franchise, being a franchisee. Is it a smart financial decision for you? John and Erica from FranNet are here with us. Um, Okay, we talked about the reasons why it is good to be a part of this and you said because the plan has already been tested and it works and it's been proven and it minimizes the risk, right? And they guide you. They help you when you're a part of a franchise. Now let's be candid and honest. What are things that we should be aware of once we're entering in this world of being a franchisee? There is, there is a cost for that. Okay. Um, you pay a franchise fee up front and you pay ongoing royalties throughout the life of your contract, usually a 10-year contract. So royalties are what, a percentage of your sales or in addition to that? Almost always a percentage of sales. There are some other models as well, but it's almost always a percentage of gross sales. Okay. And is it the bigger names, the bigger franchises are expecting more as far as payment in royalty fees or not? Not necessarily. The the royalty fees are, as a percentage, are usually pretty pretty consistent. Okay. Um, There's a pretty narrow range. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's the only con. Uh-huh. I, I, <laughs> you gave I me guess, a look like that's it. Well, you know, I actually only I only had one written down, and really? and and it was it's different though. Um, okay, I, because I think anybody thinking about entering a franchise business needs to know that following the system, like we just said, mm-hmm. is the most important. You know, is a very important key to success and profitability. And you know, some of those people who especially have that intrinsic entrepreneurial spirit um, may may think that they are going to be able to easily do that, and they may find that they struggle with okay. with you know wanting to do things their own way, <laughs> right or wrong. Okay, <laughs> you know, okay. yeah. Um, and so that it's something to it's something to think about and consider and to and to be aware of. Um, now, is that a struggle though? Because if you're exiting the corporate world, because you don't quote want to be told what to do, or you think you don't want to be confined to that. Now you're entering the franchise world and it's kind of the same. Is it or no? Do you think people are struggling with that or not? I, in a way, I, in a way think it's that healthy balance, right? Um, Especially if you've never owned a business before. um, And that kind of, you know, I I think that it strikes that balance. And there are also, you know, some franchisors have a very strict system um, and really expect you to adhere to it. And other ones, there's more flexibility that way too. So that might be a consideration and one of the factors that goes into which franchise somebody somebody enters into. Uh, so I you know I think it's important, but I think generally it's it's a nice balance between <laughs> going from you know from being in corporate and not having having the knowledge about what it takes to really start a business from scratch that, you know, having some systems in place and, you know, especially if you're, if you're coming from finance and you don't know much about marketing or vice versa, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, to have that knowledge base behind you is, is really important and should be considered part of success and profitability down the line. Are they very active? I guess it depends on which franchise, right? How active they are with helping franchisees. Yeah, we look at, we look at the maturity of the franchise as well as, our, our individual client statistics. Okay. Early stage franchises are going to be much more flexible in terms of new ideas, whereas a really uh-huh. late stage stage franchise like McDonald's, you know, the operations manual goes right down to which direction you switch the toilets when you're cleaning the toilets. I mean, it's very structured okay. and very rigid. You don't make changes. Some of our clients really want to be able to give input, 
we put them with earlier stage ah, okay. businesses. That's something to Some consider. Some of them want to just follow the process. We put them with later stage businesses. Why are more women getting involved in this? That was an interesting statistic that you told me. One of every four new franchisees are women. And it's growing. And it's growing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, between this is a statistic I, I found, too, that between 2011 and 2017, female franchise ownership jumped 83%. Um, so whereas male franchise ownership jump, jumped, but only to 13%. Okay. So you're, you're right in that it's um, definitely, you know, women are really trending in, in the franchise business. So uh, you asked why, right? Um, I think, first of all, that more franchise um, concepts are out there that are attracting women, right? So there, there are really some really cool, dis, you know, franchises that, that might attract women uh, more than more than men. For instance, um you know, the big blow dry uh, salons that are going up um, mm. or the lash lounges or the, um, but also so many of them are home service, maybe in the design business, uh, like floor coverings and blinds and, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and also uh, we, we can't forget about senior care, helping people find senior, senior living assistance and that kind of thing. Um, so all kinds of franchises are are popping up that uh, might be more inclined to a woman's interest okay. um, than otherwise. But like I said before, too, you know, certainly franchising uh, in the end and business ownership can provide more flexibility for somebody who has, is trying to balance, you know, working in corporate life and, and family. And certainly I think that there's potential to earn for women, uh, maybe more so than in corporate. We still know that women don't don't make as much money on average as men. Uh, and this might, I think, is really starting to level that playing field a little bit more for women. Uh, so again, I think there are lot, lots of reasons. And so, some of these franchises too, uh, or franchises in general, are really uh, benefiting from uh, skills that women have, to, you know, maybe possibly more than men as far as communication skills, ability to, to get out there and, and network. And also uh, their relationships with their staff, if they're if they're to have mm-hmm. staff in their business uh, and those kinds of things. So, what is on average? This might be a tough question to ask, but I know everybody's thinking it. On average, how much can you make? Can you earn being a, a franchisee? With only a couple of exceptions, every franchise in our portfolio, you should be able to earn a six-figure income. The capital that you need up front. How yes. much is a good number to, to think? And can you finance that part of it with the franchise? Okay. So with the franchises we have in portfolio, the initial investment we is uh, made up of the franchise fee, anything you need to get up and running, and uh, working capital. And the franchise disclosure document will tell you exactly how they ca- calculate that range so we can figure out what it would be in Rochester. That, with our portfolio, that range is everywhere from, I think we have one at 35000 to a million. So we have a broad, really broad range. Our sweet spot is really seventy-five thousand to one hundred fifty thousand. Almost all the time, you will you will pay the franchise or the franchise fee when you okay. sign the contract. Okay. So that's that's up front. The other stuff you purchase over time. What do you need to get up and running in the business? Now, if okay. you're a solo consultant and you're working out of your house, and we do have those kinds of franchises, there's not really a lot to buy. The the franchise fee gets you access to the to the content that you need to, to deliver. But if you're building a restaurant, you got to find space, you've got to renovate it, you've got to bring in all the equipment. Those, there's expenses associated with all of those, and it's over a longer period of time. So 
you need more working capital to get to the point where you open open the doors. Okay, and that's something to consider too when you're yep. thinking about which franchise to buy into. Yep. Now let's, if you don't mind, get a little personal. Were there any fumbles along the way that you could tell us that maybe we can learn from career fumbles or financial stumbles? Mine um, was the amount of time it took me to find a new job and the several times that I was laid off definitely impacted our, our financials. Launching this business impacted our financials a little bit, but it's, you know, we're turning, the, we're making the turn and the, and like we're getting all that fixed and in, in place. It really, you know, my, my advice to somebody who, <clears throat> excuse me, is looking for a new job is to get networking as soon as you can, because that's, okay. that's how you're going to find the job. You're not going to find the job by sitting in your pajamas at two o'clock in the morning and answering job board ads. It just doesn't work that way. And that's, you should do that all along, whether you're happy at your job now or not. What do they say? Your network is your net worth? Yep. We we absolutely encourage that. And like I said, I've been doing ABC PNG for 15 years now. Um, 25% of the people get it the first time through. Another 50% get it the second time through. <laughs> and 25% never get it. You know, you only, you only hear from them when they're looking for a job. Yeah. Now, what was the networking group that you said you founded is that um, something that anybody can be a part of? Yep, it- it's the ABCPNG, the Always Be Connecting Power Networking Group. Okay. We're open to anybody that wants to join us. We meet Monday nights at 530 at the Unitarian Church on South Winton Road. And it's for people that, that uh, want to help themselves. We're not, we're not going to find a job for you. That's not what we do. We help you find resources in the community who can help okay. you with your job search. Okay. And I'm in I'm full agreement about uh, the networking piece of things. Um, even when I was uh, on my own business and with Creekside, I was part of several networking groups, including and especially uh, women networking groups, which are so important as far as having those resources. But just the collaborations that came out of mm-hmm. those and the people that I w- was able to reach out to after I sold my business, um, you know, it's just there. It's invaluable for sure. So you know, very important. All right. And financial fumbles? Huh? Um, sure. <laughs> um, I think what the thing that comes to mind is that the first business that I owned was a very low overhead, uh, at, you know, work from home uh, kind of business uh, that, you know, and it was it was very lucrative. And part of the part of the reason why it was lucrative is because I, I didn't have a lot of overhead expenses. So when I went into the retail business and, and Creekside was both a full on bookstore and a full on coffee house, I think it was one of the things that I just, you know, I really could have used the, you know, the expertise of a, of a mm. franchise to to understand, you know, going in um, what overhead means, you know, truly means to a business and the bottom line and that kind of thing. Um, so lots of lessons that had to be learned there, <laughs> some of which were never learned. <laughs> so, but, um, but I think that's the, that's the one that comes to mind as far as, you know, being in business and, and sort of those just really, you know, um, the challenges that came with, with rent and payroll mm. and, you know, all, all those things are, oh my gosh, you know, I can go back to my little home business and be perfectly happy. You know? I know you don't know what you don't know, <laughs> yeah, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. All right, so what's the best way that we can reach out to you guys if we are interested and want to continue this conversation with you one-on-one? My email is edavis, D-A-V-I-S, at frannet.com. So okay. frannet is F-R-A-N-N-E-T, two N's. And, and uh, Or you can reach out to me, Adams at frannet.com. We have uh, the frannet website 
brandnet.com. You can go there and you can you can request information. You can launch your personal franchise assessment right then, which comes directly to us based on mm. zip code. Okay. We're around. You can, we're, search, we're, for, you can search for us there too yeah, as individuals. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty easy to find <laughs> okay. if, if you want to talk to us. And then you have, you're actually searching for somebody, right? I am. Uh, the further we go, the more I'm finding I need to spend more time working on the business. Ah, okay. Okay. So I'm looking for somebody like Erica to cover Rochester and another one to cover Buffalo. If, if you know somebody that would be interested in working with people, running projects, understanding people, and you know, there's nothing better than watching somebody take off in a business for themselves and really, really be happy with it. Well, thank you to the both of you for being so candid and, uh, and helping us out with this today. Thanks, Thanks for having for, us, Sandy. Yep. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Sandy. Okay, so now if you're thinking maybe being a franchisee sounds interesting, making that big decision to just go for it could be a big step into unfamiliar territory for you, a big change. But hello, human nature, we don't like change. Sometimes we stunt our own growth because we feel comfortable where we are. We like feeling comfortable with what we know. So next week, we are going to kick you out of your comfort zone and you are going to love it because it's going to help you create wealth. How your career, not bank account, could be your safety net. Thank you again so much for listening and subscribing and telling a friend about the podcast. You have a fantastic weekend and I will talk to you next week. If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at Sandy at RochesterBuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe, and tell a friend about the Seven Figures podcast. Smart money strategies for women.